Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, August 13th. Shabbat Shalom! Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feast, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10.17, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Vayat Kanan, and it means, And I Pleaded. Deuteronomy 7, 1-11 When Hashem your God brings you to the land that you are about to enter and possess, and he dislodges many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations much larger than you, and Hashem your God delivers them to you, and you defeat them, you must doom them to destruction, grant them no terms, and give them no quarter. You shall not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons, or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your children away from me to worship other gods. And Hashem's anger will blaze forth against you, and he will promptly wipe you out. Instead, this is what you shall do to them. You shall tear down their altars, smash their pillars, cut down their sacred posts, and consign their images to the fire. For you are a people consecrated to Hashem your God. Of all the peoples on earth, Hashem your God chose you to be His treasured people. It is not because you are the most numerous of peoples that Hashem set His heart on you and chose you. Indeed, you are the smallest of peoples. But it was because Hashem favored you and kept the oath He made to your fathers that Hashem freed you with a mighty hand and rescued you from the house of bondage, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that only Hashem your God is Hashem, 
the steadfast Hashem who keeps his covenant faithfully to the thousandth generation of those who love him and keep his commandments, but who instantly requites with destruction those who reject him, never slow with those who reject him, but requiting them instantly. Therefore observe faithfully the instructions, the law and the rules with which I charge you today. Nehemiah 5, 14-773 Furthermore, from the day I was commissioned to be governor in the land of Yehuda, from the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes until his thirty-second year, twelve years in all, neither I nor my brothers ever ate of the governor's food allowance. The former governors who preceded me laid heavy burdens on the people, and took from them, for bread and wine, more than forty shekels of silver. Their servants also tyrannized over the people, but I, out of the fear of Hashem, did not do so. I also supported the work on this wall. We did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there at the work. Although there were at my table between Yehudim and prefects 150 men in all, beside those who came to us from surrounding nations, and although what was prepared for each day came to one ox, six select sheep, and fell, all prepared for me, and at ten-day intervals all sorts of wine in abundance, yet I did not resort to the governor's food allowance, for the king's service by heavily on the people. O my God, remember to my credit all that I have done for this people. When word reached Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, and not a breach remained in it, though at that time I had not yet set up doors in the gateways, Sanballat and Geshem sent a message to me, saying, Come, let us get together in Kephirim in the Ono Valley. They planned to do me harm. I sent them messengers, saying, I am engaged in a great work and cannot come down, for the work will stop if I leave it in order to come down to you. They sent me the same message four times, and I gave them the same answer. Zanballot sent me the same message a fifth time by his servant who had an open letter with him. Its text was, Word has reached the nations, and Geshem, too, says that you and the Yehudim, the Jews, are planning to rebel, for which reason you are rebuilding the wall, and that you are to be their king. Such is the word. You have also set up the Nevi'im in Jerusalem to proclaim about you there is a king in Yehudah. Word of these things will surely reach the king, so come, let us confer together. I sent back a message to him, saying, None of these things you mentioned has occurred. They are figments of your imagination. For they all wished to intimidate us, thinking, They will desist from the work, and it will not get done. Now strengthen my hands. Then I visited Shemaiah, son of Deliah, son of Mehetabel, when he was housebound, and he said, Let us meet in the house of Hashem, inside the sanctuary, 
And let us shut the doors of the sanctuary, for they are coming to kill you by night. They are coming to kill you. I replied, Will a man like me take flight? Besides, who such as I can go into the sanctuary and live? I will not go in. Then I realized that it was not Hashem who sent him, but that he uttered the prophecy about me, Tobiah and Sambalat, having hired him, because he was a hireling, that I might be intimidated and act thus and commit a sin, and so provide them a scandal with which to reproach me. O my God, remember against Tobiah and Sanballat these deeds of theirs, and against Noadiah the Nevi'ah, and against the other Nevi'im, that they wished to intimidate me. The wall was finished on the 25th of Elul, after 52 days. When all our enemies heard it, all the nations round about us were intimidated and fell very low in their own estimation. They realized that this work had been accomplished by the help of our God. Also, in those days, the nobles of Yehuda kept up a brisk correspondence with Tobiah, and Tobiah was with them. Many in Yehuda were his confederates, for he was a son-in-law of Shekaniah, son of Era, and his son Jehoiakonin had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Barakah. They would also speak well of him to me, and would divulge my affairs to him. Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. When the wall was rebuilt, and I had set up the doors, tasks were assigned to the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Leviim. I put Hanani, my brother, and Hananiah, the captain of the fortress, in charge of Jerusalem, for he was a more trustworthy and Hashem-fearing man than most. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the heat of the day, and before you leave your posts, let the doors be closed and barred, and assign the inhabitants of Jerusalem to watches, each man to his watch, and each in front of his own house. The city was broad and large, the people in it were few, and the houses were not yet built. My Hashem put it into my mind to assemble the nobles, the prefects, and the people, in order to register them by families. I found the genealogical register of those who were the first to come up, and there I found written, These are the people of the province who came up from among the captive exiles that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had deported, and who returned to Jerusalem and to Judah, each to his own city who came with Zerubbabel, Yeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nahamami, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispareth, Bigvi, Nehum, Bana, the number of the men of the people of Israel, the sons of Parosh, 2,172, the sons of Shephatiah, 372, the sons of Ara, 652, the sons of Pahath Moab, the sons of Yeshua and Joab, 2,818, the sons of Elam, 1,254, the sons of Zatu, 845, the sons of Zakai, 760, the sons of Benui, 648, the sons of Babai, 628, the sons of Asgad, 2,322, the sons of Adonikam, 667, 
The sons of Bigvi, 2067. The sons of Aden, 655. The sons of Ater, Hezekiah, 98. The sons of Hashum, 328. The sons of Bezai, 324. The sons of Harif, 112. The sons of Givon, 95. The men of Bethlehem and Nedophah, 188. The men of Anatot, 128. The men of Beth Asmaveth, 42. The men of Kiriat Jerim, Kafira, and Biroth, 743. The men of Ramah and Giba, 621. The men of Mikmas, 122. The men of Bet El and Ai, 123. The men of the other Nebo, 52. The sons of the other Elam, 1,254. The sons of Harim, 320. The sons of Jericho, 345. The sons of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The sons of Sena, 3,930. The Kohenim, the sons of Jediah, the house of Yeshua, 973. The sons of Immer, 1,052. The sons of Pasher, 1,247. The sons of Harim, 1,017. The Leviim, the sons of Yeshua, Cadmiel, the sons of Hodiah, 74. The Singers, the sons of Asaph, 148. The Gatekeepers, the sons of Shalom, the sons of Ater, the sons of Talman, the sons of Akub, the sons of Hatita, the sons of Shobai, 138. The Temple Servants, the sons of Ziha, the sons of Hasufa, the sons of Tabaoth, the sons of Keros, the sons of Zia, the sons of Palon, the sons of Labana, the sons of Hagaba, the sons of Shalmai, the sons of Hanan, the sons of Gidei, the sons of Gabar, the sons of Ria, the sons of Rezin, the sons of Nakoda, the sons of Gazam, the sons of Uza, the sons of Pasia, the sons of Basai, the sons of Meunam, the sons of Nephesheshin, the sons of Babak, the sons of Hakupa, the sons of Harbor, the sons of Basla, the sons of Mahida, the sons of Harsha, the sons of Barcos, the sons of Sisera, the sons of Tima, the sons of Neziah, the sons of Hatifa, the sons of Shlomo, servants, the sons of Sotai, the sons of Sophereth, the sons of Parida, the sons of Jala, the sons of Darkon, the sons of Gidei, the sons of Shephatiah, the sons of Hatil, the sons of Pokereth Hazabam, the sons of Ammon, the total of temple servants and the sons of Solomon's servants, 392. The following were those who came up from Tel Mila, Tel Harsha, Cherub, Adam, and Immer. They were unable to tell whether their father's house and descent were Israelite. The sons of Deliah, the sons of Tobiah, the sons of Nakoda, 642. Of the Kohenim, the sons of Hobiah, the sons of Hekos, the sons of Barzillai, who had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Giladite, and had taken his name. These searched for their genealogical records, but they could not be found, so they were disqualified for the priesthood. The Tershatha ordered them not to eat of the most holy things until a Kohen with the Urim and Thummim should appear. 
the sum of the entire community was 42,360, not counting their male and female servants, these being 7,337. They also had 245 male and female singers, their horses, 736, their mules, 245 camels, 435 donkeys, 6,720. Some of the heads of the clans made donations for the work. The Trishatha donated to the treasury gold, 1,000 drachmas, basins, 50 priestly robes, 530. Some of the heads of the clans donated to the work treasury, gold, 20,000 drachmas, and silver, 2,200 manim. The rest of the people donated gold, 20,000 drachmas, silver, 2,000, and priestly robes, 67. The Kohanim and the Leviim, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel took up residence in their towns. When the seventh month arrived, the Israelites being settled in their towns. First Corinthians 8, 1-13 Now as touching things offered to idols, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, by whom all things, and we by him. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commends us not to God, for neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see you which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Yeshua. Therefore, if meat make my brother to be offended, I will eat no flesh while the world stands, lest I make my brother to offend. Psalm 33, 1-11 Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing to him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, 
and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He makes the devices of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Proverbs 21, 8-10 The way of man is froward and strange, but as for the pure, his work is right. It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy 7, and then we're going to jump into Nehemiah chapter 5 and 6. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 and verses 8, let's zoom in on those two verses. For you are a people consecrated to Hashem your God. Of all the peoples on earth, Hashem your God chose you to be his treasured people. Verse 8. But it was because Hashem favored you and kept the oath he made to your fathers that Hashem freed you with a mighty hand and rescued you from the house of bondage, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So there's two very powerful principles here that I want to unpack. The first principle is that we are his treasured people. And it's not because of anything being that we were the most numerous or that we are the best or anything. No, it was simply the sovereign will of God to choose Israel, his people, all 12 tribes, to be his treasured possession. So you, my friend, and I, we are his treasured possession. We are his betrothed. We are his bride-to-be. The other principle here is found in verse 8, that Hashem freed us with a mighty hand and rescued us from the house of bondage, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Anytime you hear a reference, mighty hand and outstretched arm, that's a, a hidden message there. It's a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. God the Father is like the chief executive officer. He's the CEO in charge. Yeshua is his right hand. He executes and implements the Father's will. He does it perfectly. He does it just on time. He's absolutely obedient. And so with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt, and that mighty hand and that outstretched arm is a reference to Yeshua. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, that was a manifestation of Yeshua. So another picture that comes from this verse is that we all start um, our journey by being a slave in Egypt. Before we came to know Yeshua as our Savior, 
We all were slaves in the world, in bondage to sin, and in bondage to a pharaoh. And if you can think about what life was like before you were saved, before you asked Yeshua to come into your heart, and reflect on that, what it was like to be in that condition. I never want to go back to that. And so we all start in Egypt in our journey, and then Yeshua delivers us out of bondage, out of slavery, and takes us out of Egypt. And we begin our new journey in Christ, walking in the Spirit. However, there is a literal promised land that we will one day get to live in. We are all on a journey. Now, some people in the mainstream Christian world come out of Egypt, they get saved, they apply the blood of Yeshua to the doorposts of their heart, they ask Yeshua to come in, and He's now their Savior. And they come out of Egypt, and they camp at Mount Sinai, and they just stay there. They don't go any farther. But that's just the beginning of the journey and not the end. Salvation begins the journey. It's not the end of the journey. And so, as we look at the feasts and the feasts that we celebrate, they are a picture, they're like milestones of this spiritual journey. We come to Mount Sinai, to Shavuot, and we receive the Ten Commandments, but now we receive them by the Spirit. And on Shavuot, or also known as Pentecost, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in the upper room, and and there were tongues of fire and a great wind, the Torah, the covenant, the marriage covenant, was being transferred from two stone tablets, and now it's going to go straight into the people's hearts. So now, as the Torah is being written upon our heart, we can walk it out and live it out by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. What's the next place in our spiritual journey? Next, we come to Yom Teruah, or Feast of Trumpets. And then we come to Day of Atonement. And then we come to Feast of Tabernacles. And these are all the fall feasts. Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot. And so, we are literally on a journey. When the Great Tribulation begins, it will last for 1,260 days. Revelation chapter 12. It will begin on a future Passover, just like the original Exodus happened at Passover. The final, greater Exodus will happen on a future Passover. It will begin at a future Passover. And it will end, the 1,260 days, 1,260 days, will end as we come into Sukkot. So the very first feast that we will keep and celebrate as we begin that rule and reign with Yeshua will be Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot. So it literally is a journey. And Yeshua is with us every step of the way. So we need to be careful not to get our roots embedded too deeply into this world, into a house or a mortgage or a place. We need to tread lightly and remember 
that we are pilgrims just passing through, and that this place is not our home, but our ultimate home is Israel. It is Jerusalem, where Yeshua will rule and reign for 1,000 years. That's our destination. And may we keep the eternal, heavenly Jerusalem always in our sights, in our mind's eye, and in our heart. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.